You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Welcome in. A winner for the Milwaukee Bucks. The series tied up now between the Bucks and the Heat at one game apiece. The Bucks win 138 to 122 over the Miami Heat. And hello there, Steve Sparky, 5 for 1250 AM, the fan uh, with you. Follow me on Twitter at Sparky Radio. Nathan Marzion here as well, Bucks super fan. Follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marzion. We are live on the 1250 Twitter account. We are live at Sparky Radio Twitter account. Uh, Nathan Marzion has us in Twitter spaces, wherever that may be. I'm not quite sure yet, but he has us there and people listen wherever that is. Uh, And then we also are on YouTube, live on YouTube on the Odyssey Sports page uh, for Green and Growing uh, as well. And again, uh, thanks for tuning in. Tell your friends, tell your family members, check out Green and Growing. Uh, After each Bucks game, we're going to try and do this post-game podcast uh, here throughout the postseason. And we'll see how this uh, continues to work out going forward. Hopefully one of us or both of us don't end up in a situation where we can't do it, but we'll take on that hill if we get to that point. All right, Nathan Marzion. So game one, Nathan Marzion, not happy, just mad at the world. Just, uh, just, just, just like gritting his teeth, just mad about how that whole thing played out. And then game two came and this is exactly what game look one looked like to uh, a Miami Heat fan, right? My team can't miss a three. The other team is struggling to hit threes, uh, and we win the basketball game. The big difference, however, is they were not able to blow us out uh, the way the Bucks were able to just stomp on them and not let them back in the game. And we talked about this. As well as they shot the ball, and as bad as the Bucks shot the ball, it really wasn't as big of a separation as what it seemed if you watched that basketball game in game one. This here was a blowout most of the game. For a good three quarters of the game, this thing was a blowout, Nathan Marzian. Yeah, I felt I felt really good about you know going into this game. I said, I think we're going to win by double digits. I didn't think they'd be up 30 at half, but I definitely thought this would be a pretty comfortable win because, yeah, I mean, the signs were there. You know, Jimmy went off last game. They shot insanely good from three. 60%. We were insanely bad from 324%. And despite that, you know, we were still in the game throughout. And even from the time Giannis left the game until the end, when we didn't even like the, the two and a half quarters where we didn't have Giannis, we only lost by three. We only lost that whole stretch by three points. And I was like, that's with, you know, it was the largest three point percentage disparity in a playoff game for any two teams in like a decade. And I'm like, as long as this is a, relatively you know as long as the shooting is anywhere close to normal this should be a really you know we we should be fine and we'll win at least a close game even if we do you know struggle a little bit if we shoot lights out we're gonna blow them out if we shoot 
even just good. You know, if we had shot 40%, we still would have blown them out. And they, they actually shot better than they still shot well tonight. They shot uh, 44%. And for a team that was 27 and three point percentage, they've now had two pretty hot nights and you have to think they're going to cool down here at some point, but like, we were still able to obviously, you know, handle them. And some of those threes came when the game is out of reach and everything. So we can take it however you want to, but yeah, the, the shooting obviously came around 25 of 49 and it's just a, a, a reminder to not overreact positively or negatively to like every single game because exactly. so much of it comes down to shooting. I'm not going to act like now, Oh, the bucks are, lights out shooters and they're going to shoot 40% from three throughout the playoffs because of this one game. Just like, I wasn't going to say, Oh, the bucks suck and can't are never going to be able to hit a three after the first game. Like sure. They went ice cold and that was not a good sign. And that was frustrating, but you're like, okay, they can, you know, they can turn around. They have good shooters on the team. It showed tonight and every game is different. Every game, you know, teams get hot, teams get cold. It it's the way the league is now, you know, it, it it's varies game to game. And I do, in the long run, trust our shooters overall. Like, I do I do believe that in the long run they can shoot, you know, on average 35% from three because they have a bunch of guys that shot well in the regular season. I, I do expect them to drop off a little bit in the postseason. But I just – I think that people kind of, you know, they over-exaggerate when it's bad and they just act like you know this team has no shooting this team can never make threes and it's like they made they they set a record tonight for how many for made threes like they can shoot two well, let's talk about a couple of other things here uh in typical Bootenholzer fashion adjustments were made after game 1 uh and adjustments were made in the the right manner correct uh we talked about this earlier in the season on green and growing about when you don't have giannis uh and if you know, threes aren't falling. What's plan B going to be? Well, they didn't have Giannis. Threes were falling, but they still went with what I've wanted them to do, which is go at the rim with Brooke, attack the rim, play down low. Uh, and you saw it early and often that they were going to, they were going to go at Brooke. Uh, and anytime there was a mismatch, mismatch, uh, and if Miami was going to switch or whatever, they were going to Lopez. And it was looking like Lopez was going to go for 40 points the way they were attacking. And then the three pointers, uh, started coming in bucket loads, uh, making up, and they didn't have to do it as much. But still, Bucks went in the paint uh, tonight against the Miami Heat, and that is an area where they should win every remaining game of this series. They should win in the paint. Between the fact of Drew Holiday being able to get there, Middleton being able to get there, Brooke Lopez being able to be there, Bobby Portis being able to play in the paint and score as well. They should own the paint going forward in this series. Never should have lost the advantage in the paint in game one, and they should own it the rest of the way out. So even if you just push three-pointers aside, the fact that they were finally able to own the paint again, Marzian, is a big step forward for this Bucks team. Yeah, it was an awesome, awesome start to the game with just how they, you know, how they came out offensively, the game plan they had. They did what everyone wanted them to do, which they want. we wanted them to do that the entire second half of the first game, but for whatever reason, Bud just doesn't like to do in-game adjustments. He decides to wait until the next game. Plenty um, of time. No need to panic. Yeah, but it was like, you know, they could have done this in the second half of the first game, and I feel like they would have won the game. They just, I, again, for whatever reason, I, I don't know, he just wants to wait until the, the next game and really assess everything and before he changes stuff. And, you know, but it was pretty clear, like, we're going to have a size advantage. Brooke can't really be stopped. Um and they just, he shot four total two pointers in the first game, the entire first game. And he had nine in the first quarter tonight. 
you know, they just, they came out and said, we're going to get him the ball down low. And it obviously worked. And yeah, we, we mentioned this after game one. It's like when the shot's not falling, you're, you're never going to complain about these Bucks players shooting open threes. If you're open, shoot the ball. I'm never going to be like Matt. Like I want them to pass up open threes if they're not hitting them because they're cold. No, you, you always take the open three. Again, they have good shooters, you know, just cause they're cold. I'm not going to ask them not to shoot the ball, but you should, if you're struggling from three game plan, something else, you know, game plan to get the ball down low game plan to get the ball to Brooke, do something else. Now, if that creates threes still, and you, your forces still take threes from that, if the defense really is able to collapse on Brooke well, and, you know, take that away and you're left still with open threes. Okay. Well then continue to shoot your threes, but try to do something else first. And then you, you know, you, you go back to the threes as a fallback rather than continuing to just, when you're struggling, look for the three, look for the three, look for the three. It's like, no, look for something else first. And then if you still have to take threes, you do, but they, they really came out with a different game plan tonight. And I mean, that's another thing is, you know, people are quick to criticize Bud and never quick to give him credit, you know, give him some credit for adjusting and coming out with a good game plan tonight to really, you know, get the ball down low, get the offense going that way. And I think that did help get the three point ball going later. No doubt about it. 138, 122 bucks over the heat uh, tonight, leading the way for the Bucks. Bart Lopez, 25 points, uh, four rebounds, 12 of 17 from the floor. Drew Holiday, 24 points, 11 assists, five boards, uh, 10 of 19 from the floor for him. Off the bench, 22 for our next uh, person to talk about here. Pat Connaughton. Eight of 12, six of 10 from three. Four, Your boy, three Your assists, boy Pat. 22 points. Definitely not my guy. Uh, but uh, Marzian, uh, at, towards the end of the season, was like, dude, he's not playing. Like, What's going on? I was like, well, maybe he'll be in the playoff rotation after all here. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, and then game one comes and goes, and no Pat Connaughton. And then the conversation was, well, Bobby Portis missed the playoff series, and Bud brought him back the next series. So maybe he doesn't think this is a good matchup for Pat Connaughton. Maybe they ain't going to play him. And in goes Pat Connaughton, and I'm on my couch smiling from ear to ear going, well, here we go. Let's see what he's got. And he had it all going on tonight. He was feeling it. And l- listen, just because I'm not a big Pat Connaughton fan doesn't mean I don't understand that the dude's got a pretty large fan base uh, if, you know, amongst Buck fans. I had like four people text me about, oh, Patsy, man, why wasn't he playing in game one? I don't know. I don't know why he wasn't playing in game one. Don't matter now because he played in game two. And I'll say this, nobody missed Wesley Matthews in this game. Nobody. So from that perspective, this, and again, Matthews is hurt. That's why he didn't play. But going forward, this may be what you see in game three. Even if Matthews is healthy, you may see Pat C uh, getting some run here uh, and seeing if he can continue to shoot the ball well from outside. Because if he shoots the ball well from outside, he already is a hustle guy. It makes sense to play him. Uh, and with that, I'll let Marazian uh smile from ear to ear and talk about his boy Patsy. Go ahead, Mars. Well, he obviously he obviously struggled mightily late in the season, you know, the last couple of months, couldn't hit shots and you know, you're just kind of like, okay, he doesn't he's not really giving you anything. I wasn't surprised when he lost his minutes, but it was something that was eye-opening because you know Bud likes him and you're like, is this a sign like is he actually not going to get minutes in the playoffs? Is Bud actually going to remove him from the rotation? And I said on here you know, we had to ask the question of like who, like ranking the guys you trust in the playoffs. And I was oh, like, right. Pat, 
I said Pat has my trust. I said as bad as he's playing right now, Pat has my trust because he's earned it in the playoffs. He has it until he loses it. And he has not done anything in the playoffs to lose it for me yet. And like it I'm not gonna say it makes sense. I, I don't know how I don't know why he just can is flip that switch in the playoffs and able to just play really well. But we saw it in 2021. And I, I told people this. I was on here talking about it. I said, look at the 2021 end of season. He didn't shoot the ball well in the regular season. He shot like 29% from three in the last like month or whatever. But the playoffs came around and he was awesome and he just turned it on to another level. So I was like, I'm not going to look at him struggling again in the regular season and say that this is going to carry over automatically. You know, I, and he's going to be inconsistent. He's not going to play this well every night, but he, for whatever reason, is able to just turn it on in the playoffs. And yeah, I mean, he's just, he's a guy that I trust more than honestly, most of the role players in the playoffs right now, you know, in until if, if, if he goes on some huge cold streak or something, then, okay, I'll start to lose some trust, but right now he's got it. And he got significant minutes, 25 minutes uh, tonight uh, for Pat Connaughton. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. How about the other guy? I'm talking about role players. Joe Ingles. Yep. Six to seven. Five to six from three. Four boards. Four to 17 points. Also in 25 minutes. And when we talked about Joe Ingles earlier in the season, my boy Marzian over here is like, man, I don't know, man. I, You know, he, defensively, he is what he is. You know, just what, really, what is he going to do once we get to the playoffs? Hey. I mean, he, again, like kind of, kind of sort of same thing where if he's knocking down threes, you leave him on the floor because he's able to make the good passes and, and set up other guys uh, and able to knock down some big threes. And he also is a guy, maybe not the same effect as Bobby Portis because Bobby's been here forever. He's another guy that likes to play to the crowd, get the crowd fired up, run his mouth and be chirping the whole deal. Uh, so when he's going good, he can really kind of bring the energy on the floor to that Bucks basketball team. It really, it really is a pleasant surprise how good his three pointer has become after the first like couple weeks of him being here because he did not shoot it well, and you know his defense hasn't been anything spectacular. But like when he got here, you're kind of you're you were excited about the offense, you're excited about the shooting and the passing, and the passing has been you know pretty consistently good. But when he first got here, like the shot or when he first came back from injury, the shot was not good. And it just again. Yeah. Like you said, I was a little bit skeptical. I was like, I I just if he can't really shoot that well, you know, he's going to be some 31 percent three point shooter. I don't necessarily see like how valuable he can really be. He can give you some playmaking off the bench. But is that enough to you know, if your defense is bad and your shooting's pretty bad, are you able to have any meaningful playoff minutes? I don't know. But the shooting has been incredible since then he's been awesome and 
um, yeah, the, the, the passing is really good. The playmaking, the ball handling, which they need off the bench. And yeah, he, he looked, he looked awesome. And like, he's just, he's becoming a guy that when he shoots, I feel like it's going in and yes. that's what you want. Like those are the guys that, you know, and it's like, I don't know, as, as good as Grace Allen is as a shooter, like I trust Joe Ingles shot to go in more than Grace and Allen's, even though Grace Allen is probably the better shooter. Um, like all in all, when you take like regular season and stuff, but I don't know. I just, I watched Joe Ingles shoot. I feel like it's going in and like that, that's makes me comfortable. Yeah. Who on the bench do you have that feeling about on the championship run? I mean, I mean, see, that's it. I, I'm sorry. You, we can sit here and talk about all we want about, oh, Miami Heat game one. Oh, what are the Bucks going to do? Y'all, this is an uber talented basketball team. Uber talented. Understand? Yeah, did did you know? Old dudes that are uber talented, but they're still uber talented. They can still play a little bit. Now, I'm, having said that, we talked about good old guy, Joe Ingles. Jay Crowder, not so good. And this is the second game now where Jay Crowder hadn't been all that good. And I, I'm not going to sit here and say, okay, take Jay Crowder out of the playoff rotation for the rest of the postseason. It ain't going to work. It may work. It, there may be games where it does work. But through two games, Jay Crowder hadn't done much, Nathan. I am I am a little concerned about that because nothing to do with offensively, but just defensively. He's the guy that you brought in that you're kind of relying on to be able to hang with the the wings that you're going to have to face later in the playoffs, you know, whether it be um, Tatum Brown or whatever, someone in the West, if you get to the finals, like that worries you a little bit. And part of the reason, I mean, if, if we face, I don't want to talk about future matchups, so I'm just going to, never mind. We can Ignore talk that. about future matchups. It's going to be Cleveland or New I was York, say, whoever it is. I was, was going to say, if we play Cleveland, we're probably fine. Cause they don't really have any wings. So we don't necessarily need that for the Cleveland series. But like when you get to, when you get to Boston, you know, you're, you're going to have to have someone who can at least hang with those wings. And we, you know, that's, that's our big question right now is, you know, it doesn't look like Jay has been able to do it so far. You know, you're hoping he can, he can improve a little bit, turn it on and isn't, you know, has something left in the tank. Um, Wes has been okay with it, you know, but I, I don't know. And then Ingles, Pat Grayson, I don't really trust any of those guys to be able to stay with, you know, stay on those guys consistently. So that's the one concerning part is, you know, I'm not worried about it offensively, but just for what we need defensively, you know, you're going to need him to to step up more. You're going to need him to be able to stay out there longer. Um, so something to keep an eye on for sure. That's the other thing we didn't really talk about defensively. They were more physical tonight. There was a little bit more intensity on the defensive side of the ball. There was more hustle on the defensive side of the ball. And I thought it was stupid to say after the last game where it's like, dude, like they were the ones lacking energy by the end of the game. And it should have been Miami because they had played two games. Bucks have been off for over a week. Like that should not have been the case. But now you watch it tonight after the Bucks got a game under them. This looks like the Bucs team we watched during the regular season from an energy standpoint, from a defensive intensity standpoint when they want to play. And again, the physicality. And the other thing I noticed, and... It's funny because I kind of thought of Larry Sanders, kind of, sort of. Bobby Porter's running his mouth. Eventually got tacked up. But running his mouth and Bam Adebayo running his mouth at everybody at one point, just mad at the world and letting everybody hear about it. And I'm watching the Heat players. Did you realize nobody was talking back to Bobby Portis? Bobby was running his mouth. Nobody 
said a word to him. They just all let him talk to himself and chirp, chirp. Nobody was going back to Bobby Portis. See, to me, this is where that kind of level of crazy is good because certain guys, people are going to talk back to you because they're not worried. You're not going to do nothing. I'm going to talk right back to you. We're going to trash talk to each other. Nothing's going to happen. They're a little bit worried about Bobby. They don't know if Bobby might do something back to them if they do something. Kind of like Larry Sanders. Ain't nobody messing with Larry Sanders. No, that dude's somewhere else. We are not messing with Larry Sanders out here. Other guys, they're going to run their mouth, talk their crap, so forth. Bobby Portis, nobody said a word, just stayed out of his way. That's good. That means they're they're, they're a little concerned and worried about Bobby Portis, not knowing what he's going to do next. I love it. And then you get to halftime, and you do the interview at halftime, and the question was about Pat Connaughton. And who better to talk about Pat Connaughton not playing in a game other than Bobby Portis, who didn't play in an entire series on a championship run, talking about that's his league. Got to be ready. Got to be ready to go. That's being a pro. That's being who you got to be. Bobby Chance and everything else. Say what you want. Was Bobby Portis on that little list of players who we were going to trust the most in the postseason? Was that one of the guys on our list when you said Pat Connaughton? No, it was all it was all guards, I think. It was, uh, I'm pretty sure it was Grayson, Javon. Carter. Grayson, Javon, Pat, and Ingles. And Ingles, that one it was. Okay. But Bobby Portis, man. Hey, he is... He is the real deal right now for this Milwaukee Bucks basketball team and didn't shoot the three well in the first game. That bothered him. The whole season, I think, bothered him not shooting the three as well as he wants to shoot the three. But again, another high-energy guy. You saw it on the championship year, how he can infuse that energy and get guys going. And it showed again tonight. Same type of deal. And I love it. I, I mean absolutely love it. When I see nobody from Miami talking back and Miami's the tough guys, they're the tough guys with Jimmy Butler and Spolster and all these guys. Nobody said boo to him. Jimmy wasn't running his mouth at anybody tonight. None, no trash talking coming from Miami tonight. I absolutely loved it. It was, it was a beautiful thing. Loved it. Yeah. The Bobby definitely gives you that. Like he, he has a it factor that, that dog factor that you need and, they had it with PJ and him in the in the title run. Now you kind of got it with him and Ingles. Yep. And then and Crowder too. I mean, when Crowder's out there, like, you know, if he's getting more minutes and stuff, like I'm sure he'll be getting into that stuff as well. So you need those guys for for a title run for sure. Um, couple, you know, quick things I just wanted to to shout out here. Um, I thought Chris's playmaking was really good. He had seven assists, one turnover. I thought in the second half, especially, he came out and looked really good right away. And then um Drew once again, eleven assists, and did no, not, not look good at the start of the second half. Miami went on a seven-zero run against Drew Holiday, thanks to Drew Holiday. Two turnovers, yeah. a quick miss three. That was all Holiday to start the second half. But overall, Drew twenty-four points, eleven assists, only three turnovers, and you know, like you said, a couple of them were right there at the at the start of yep. the, in that one little stretch. Um, but other than that, he was fantastic, and. Shot the ball well, ten of nineteen from the field, four of ten from three, which you know we're we're not used to seeing from Drew in the playoffs. But that was a that was a good you know a good sign to see him um, able to do that. But yeah, I just I don't know. I'm, I'm even though Chris didn't shoot the ball particularly well tonight, six of sixteen for sixteen points. But I just thought his playmaking was really good. I still thought he looked good out there overall. Let's get to the the elephant in the room, shall we? Let's talk about Giannis. So. Giannis is doubtful. Then Giannis is questionable. Then everybody around the country today is like, oh, Giannis is going to play. Oh, Giannis is going to play. Giannis is going to play. And my response to my phone blowing up was, 
I haven't seen anywhere that he's playing. So let's just calm down because if I'm Boonholzer, there's no way I'm playing him. Then comes word. He didn't even go through pregame warm-up. They said, that's it. You're not ready. You're not playing. Okay, so he doesn't play. Now let's talk about what the schedule looks like, right? So Saturday night is the next game. In Miami is Saturday night. Then it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, if it goes all the way through. It's not going to go all the way through. But that's how it's, it lines up. So once you get to Saturday, then you play every other day. There are no more two days in between games or anything. So there's less time for rest. Plus, you're going to have a travel after that second game in Miami to come back to Milwaukee, right? I'm not playing them on Saturday. I made up my mind watching this game. I'm not playing them. I, I want as I want that back as healthy as possible before we get into a stretch here where he's not going to have a lot of time to rest in between games. There is no reason why this Bucks team currently put together can't go down to Miami and win that first game in Miami. They have no crowd. So there is no home court advantage you have to go up against. This isn't like you're going to Sacramento to have to play the Kings. There's nobody, the playing games, there were empty seats all over that stadium in Miami and South Beach. I don't know if they remember the, if they even have a pro team down there. So I'm not playing them. Marzian, are you playing them Saturday? I don't know. Um, it, I would, it, it's all, I mean, we don't know exactly how he's feeling. We don't know exactly how, you know, how risky, whatever it would be to play him. Like, well, it's not risky. Say, it's just a matter if he can handle the the bruising or whatever he's got on his back. That, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. We don't know. We don't know. Like, you know, is it just totally precautionary? And they're just holding him out and saying, like, you know, uh, you're fine, but just like we don't need you right now. Or is it actually now he's he's actually hurting and we don't really want to play him? If it's the second one, okay, rest him. If it's the first one, I think you just say let's take a two one series lead. Let's really just you know make sure and, and they're, they're gonna win the game either way i i, I right. believe that but there's at least a chance without Giannis that they like i don't know i and you do want to get him you know you just want to if he can play play him you want to get him you know keep him going and not let him get too rusty sitting on the bench and sitting out too long like i'm i'm finding a way with it i would same with it was the same with this game i wasn't gonna be mad if he wasn't playing because i thought we can win this game without him we have three days off until the next game um, so it could be beneficial, you know, not to rush him back. And so I was fine with him not playing tonight. And I'm kind of going to be the same way on game three. If they really feel like, Hey, it could be beneficial to keep him out, do it. But it, to me, if he can play, just play him. If it's, if there's really no concerns or anything, just play him. I'll say this. I, uh, I don't see any reason to play him. None whatsoever uh, at this point, because it's not even about this series. You've got three more series after this one. It's going to be a long, grueling, physical run in the playoffs. Now, okay, Cleveland or New York may not be that e that hard. Fine. But once you get past that, then it's going to be a physical series against Boston or Philly, whoever it ends up being. It's going to be a physical series. Then you get to the finals, and we don't know who's going to be waiting there. Now, there aren't a lot of physical teams left necessarily in the West that concern me from a physical standpoint, but still, you're going to have to go through another tough series, more than likely, in the NBA Finals. I want Giannis as healthy as possible. And now it's not just his back, but his knee. I want everything all set, ready to go, right? Uh, as healthy as possible. I don't need to play him. I ain't playing him. We talked about this 
uh, earlier in the season about teams resting their stars uh, in playoff games and not playing what they don't think they need to play them. Well, in this instance, you have every reason not to have to play him if you don't want to. The issue is going to be he's probably going to want to fight you at this point if you don't let him play on Saturday because he's going to want to get be out there and playing with his guys and, and go win. But I'm lobbying not to play him and go back out there and play again and see what happens. Or I guess, see, I don't know. I changed my mind. I was about to say, let him suit up. And if you need him, he can come in and play. But I don't, I don't like that idea either, because if he's active and he's not playing, that's just going to raise a host of red flags around the league of, oh, he's healthy enough to suit up and possibly play, but you ain't going to play him unless you have to play him. Oh no, we'll get fined by the NBA for sure for that one. I don't, it, I don't think we can do that. Yeah, it, it honestly would be the smart, like the smartest thing to do of like, okay, we're not going to play you unless, you know, all of a sudden it's halftime and okay, we're down seven. Like, okay, let's, let's put them in. Um, that would probably be the smart thing to do. But yeah, like you said, I, that just causes a bunch of chaos and the league would not be happy. So yeah. And it's wild because Giannis doesn't play. Bucks win handily. John Morant doesn't play for Memphis. They beat the Lakers handily. That was never really a game uh, in that time. I'm telling you, I think, and I don't know, I, I think a lot of this is just the, I, I tweeted the stat and you saw it, where game two after a team loses the the, the first game at home, they're now 18-1 and one in the last four postseasons outside the bubble where, you know, they actually lost a true home game in game one. And 18-1 and one in game two, I just, I don't know. The, the road team seems to come in with, a little bit of, and you know, I I don't blame them for it, but like they they already kind of got the job done. They already did what they wanted to do. Of like, we got a game. Relax a little bit. You you relax even a little bit, and that other team is just so like it's desperation time, and it's you know we we got to come out with better energy, and they are just so locked in. Um, even Spolster after game one said in the locker room, I don't know if you saw, where he was like, "We're gonna have a hurricane coming on to on uh, on." whatever day today is Wednesday. Wednesday. <laughs> he's like, he's like, we're going to have a hurricane coming. Like he knew it was coming right away. He's like, this is, you know, they're going to, we, we woke him up. Like it's going to be very difficult. Um, and so I think it almost just like, I don't know. I think, I think teams, you know, regardless of who's playing or who's not. And the Grizzlies have shown that like, even like the past couple of years, they can play perfectly fine without jaw. They actually last year had like better on off better numbers with him off the court than with him on. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I, it, we saw it with, we saw it yesterday with Cleveland. We saw it with the Suns where, you know, they just, they lose game one at home and it's like, they, they just kind of take control in game two and make sure they get that one, you know, regardless of who's playing. And I, I don't know. I think it's, I, I'm just, I'm so confident. Like I was so confident in those teams winning those games. I was All like, right, Marjan, so tell me this, where's the pressure? Who's got the most pressure going into game three Saturday night? Because I'll be the next time we're doing a podcast is after game three on Saturday night. Is there more pressure on the Bucs to win that first game in Miami? Or is there more pressure on Miami to reestablish themselves? Because now technically they have home court because the series is tied at one. The Bucs lost the home game. So technically home court is now in their in their court again if they can hold serve in Miami the next two games. So where's the most pressure on right now going back to Miami on Saturday? I mean, it. I feel like it has to be Miami because if Miami loses it, like the, it's pretty much done. Whereas if the Bucks lose, you're like the Bucks are still probably gonna win this series, even if they somehow, you know, Giannis doesn't play and they somehow drop game three. Like you still are like, okay, you know, we, we can just bring back Giannis and we're gonna win. Whereas 
don't know. My, it's more of like a Miami has to win it. Otherwise, I mean, I, I think most people agree the series isn't going to – like they're not going to win the series anyways, but if they have any chance, it's going to be them winning game three. Yeah, I agree. I, I think all the pressure is on the Heat and Spolstra I, uh, and Jimmy Butler going back home. I honestly – and I didn't want to say this before the game because I didn't want it to come across as me worried that the Bucks were going to lose or anything. I was saying, like, in my head, I'm like, this game tonight, to me, wasn't even a must win. It was, like, Correct. I'm like, we could have gone down 2-0 without Giannis. And I still, it would have been like, are you telling me you don't think we can win four out of five with Giannis coming back? Like, everyone and their mom picked us to win in four or five games before the series. You're telling me we can't do that now? Like, I, I that's why I'm like, even if we go down 2-1, like, it's not, like I feel like there's not much pressure on us. It's kind of just like whatever. Um, and I don't think they will. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna win both of these games in Miami. I hope they do. But yeah, I just even tonight it was it, so many people were like putting this as you know, must win and this this is the season right here. And it's like obviously it was a it was one you very much wanted to win. I'm very happy they got the win. I'm very glad they looked good. And yeah, like you did not want to go down 2-0 at all, but if they had lost this game, I, I still would be like, this is now a 50-50 series. Even with them down 2-0, I think it's like a, you know, I think we have a 50-50 chance of still winning it. Um, and if we're down 2-1, I'd still give us a 70% chance of winning it. You know, I, as of right now, it's probably like 90% something, 90-something percent chance. It's like they're they're in good shape. Best case scenario for the Bucks Saturday night is they come out and hit a couple of threes early in this game uh, and get out to say, you know, a 10-4, 12-4, 15-6 lead early. Take whatever five or ten people that are at that game out of it. Uh, and then, you know, start putting doubt in Miami's head of, oh, crap, they're hitting threes again. Here we go again. Because that's really what you want to do. Because if if you can come out shooting that three ball well again in another first half, and this time be in Miami at their place, going at halftime, and they're down 15 or so with you hitting a bunch of threes, doubt's going to set in. I'm not going to say they're going to quit. But there's going to be a lot of doubt, like, dude, they're just way better than us. Like, we're it's over. The one thing you don't want to have happen if you're the Bucks necessarily is you don't want to be down like 15 to two uh, in that game uh, and give them hope of okay, we're going to do game one all over again in Miami uh, and try and put our fro our foot on their throat. I, I just they're just not a more talented team than this team. I like I legitimately struggle to see how they win two more games. No way they win three more games. And that's the thing is when, when Giannis went out, people for some reason had this idea, like in my mentions for based on what people were kind of saying in my mentions was like, this is now an even, you know, pretty even series. And I'm like, look at the talent level of both teams. Like, exactly. honestly, like, do they have the best player in the series all of a sudden? Yes. That doesn't mean that they all like, they're the better team now or that they're the talent levels equal. You know, we have, if you if you laid out the top 10 guys in this series when Giannis and Hero are out, we have I I would say seven of the top 10. Honestly, you could you could argue eight. Like right. it's it's not even close. I mean, they just don't have guys, and that's why I'm surprised that they've been able to, you know, the Heat have been able to honestly score as much as they have these first two games. Now, a lot of it's just they've they shot, you know, 60% from three in the first game and 44% in this game. That has to you know, probably go down a little bit, at least into the thirties at some point, um, which will bring their, you know, point total down. But yeah, they, I just don't know where the offense is going to come from consistently for them outside of obviously Jimmy. And then like occasionally bam. Um, it's like, 
you know, Gabe Vincent, Caleb, or uh, is it, yeah, Caleb Martin and Oladipo. And like, I just, I don't believe that they can do that consistently. They can, you know, one of those guys might be able to have a decent game or whatever, but I just don't believe that they're going to ever have enough offense to hang with the Bucks, especially if we get, you know, whenever we get Giannis back. But like I said, as long as we're hitting 35 to 40% of our threes, which isn't unreasonable to, to ask. Not at all. Right. I'm not asking them to shoot 50%. Yep. But if you just shoot 35%, I actually found this stat today. And the Bucks in the playoffs under Budenholzer, so since 2018, are 23 and five when they shoot 35% from three. And 35% is not, that's slightly below average. Like that's not, that's not a high bar to cross. As long as they shoot, decent from three they usually win the game and yeah so it's like I, I just the only way i ever see the heat really being able to outscore us with their lack of talent you know outside of their top two guys is if the bucks are just ice cold and it's and they're hitting you know which happened in game one but as long as the bucks are, are shooting you know semi-decently and the heat aren't lights out from three i just i just don't see how they outscore us totally agree uh, so Saturday night, we'll do the screening growing uh, postgame podcast uh, one more time. I think we both expect the Bucks to be up two to one in this series at that point. Will Giannis play? Will not Giannis not play? We'll find out. I wouldn't play him, but if I know Giannis, he'll force his way out there and end up playing on Saturday night in Miami because that's just who that dude is. Nathan Marziak, follow him on Twitter at Nathan Marziak. Follow me at Sparky Radio. Download our podcast or if you download your favorite podcast, and of course, always on YouTube on that Odyssey Sports page. This podcast, the Curtin Long podcast, talking Packers football with Ryan Horvath. We do that three times a week. Spare Time Bowling Show podcast, talking pro bowling. Dwight Albrecht, Phil Brylow, and myself uh, do that uh, once or twice a week as well. All available where you download your favorite podcast. And the Mars, yeah, a lot of fun as always. And uh, we will talk to you again on Saturday night, my friend. You have a good one. Yes, sir.